Hello, hello everyone. Episode 5, Season 2, Take Action Podcast. Yura, welcome back, man. Just got back from vacation. Yeah, thank you. We came back literally two days ago, landed in Milwaukee on Sunday. We're home at by 10.30 p.m. Oh, it was a great time. First time in Dominican Republic, and it was a blast. We had an all-inclusive resort, dreams. Had such a great time with my wife. Met new people. We normally do. Went and snorkeling excursion or and sunset cruise aka boost cruise they call it there i <laughs> uh, discovered my new favorite dominican drink i'm pretty sure Monty's familiar with it it's called mama wana <laughs> <laughs> mama wana it's only good sometimes unless what? it's not it's good all the time do you know what's the trick about mama wana that the local guy told me well it's got the roots that are uh, supposed to increase your libido Yes. So basically what he told us, me and my wife were checking in on our transport and he said, you guys know what's the rule of Mama One? I'm like, no. And he's like, well, ladies have one, men have three and you go make a baby. (laughs) (laughs) So that's it. But yeah, we're back from vacation, back in business. Weather update in Green Bay is pretty decent, not the worst. So I'll take it. Just going to take a few days for me to recover from vacation, get my liver replenished a little bit. And I keep talking about my holiday trick all the time. So I did it again. Right before we left on vacation, I put my scale back eight pounds. (laughs) (laughs) So when we came back, you know, it's all inclusive. It's all you can drink, all you can eat. So I came back home, jumped on the scale and it was just right on because of those eight pounds. I scaled it back. So I'm going to wait a couple weeks, put it back to normal, like nothing happened. Yeah, just tear it out, right? tear it that's what they call it so yeah usually i just don't go on the scale for a couple of weeks after i get back that's the way that it goes so you had a great time guys you can't see yura but he's about as tan as a russian will get so looks outstanding but today we're actually going to talk a little more real estate investing different perspective i brought my good friend tony Breuer on today tony what's happening not much i'm just excited to be here it's my very first podcast ever yeah well you got the first sentence out well, so we're doing all right. <laughs> yeah. Tony actually got me my start in real estate investing along with uh, my brother, Corey, from season one, episode two. And uh, Tony was the money guy. Uh, and I think in every real estate transaction, whether it's a bank, a parent, your bank, your own bank account, you need a money guy. And uh, Tony was that guy for me. He gave me the confidence to get started. Uh, he's not cheap, but he was definitely, uh, he did help me turn a profit. So whether it was cheap or not, doesn't matter. He helped me make some money and taught me some really great lessons along the way. And we're going to teach some of those today. Really, really super stoked. So yeah, welcome, uh, welcome, welcome aboard, Tony. Yeah, Thanks. welcome, Tony. Super excited to have you. Thanks, so, guys. So Tony, you, you, do, you started real estate investing. When did you begin real estate investing? Like when was that time, time frame in your life? Well, I went to college here in Green Bay at St. Norbert, graduated in 97 and uh, went into banking right out of college and bought my, I was literally sitting around with my roommate at the time. We were drinking beer, playing Nintendo. And he said, Hey, how are we going to make money in this world? And I said, you know, I can finance homes. You can fix them. I said, let's, let's buy some rentals. And at that time, and this was not back in 99, 2009 or 1999. And at that time, you could go to the bank, you get 100% financing on investment properties, get cash back at closing. It was kind of the wild, wild west at that point. So we went out, 
got some financing and bought seven rental properties um, in about a year and a half. Basically all downtown Green Bay, Wisconsin, duplexes, quads, um, all in crappy neighborhoods with crappy tenants. So (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, there's there's a bunch of nuggets in there that we can get into as well. So what was it, what that made you click to be like, hey, let's just go buy some rentals. How are we going to make money in the world? What, like you were obviously already had a job at that time. So what, what was it, what was it like? What made you click and be like, damn, we need to do this. Well, I just, I, besides drinking beer. I yeah. Mean, I come up with some great ideas <laughs> yeah. when I'm drinking beer too, but hold, hold my beer and watch this. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was, it was really kind of taking two of the things that we were good at at the time, knowing that I do mortgages, that was doing mortgages and he was, he's a handyman type guy. And we're like, this, this really could work for us to make some some money outside of our jobs is a part-time part-time income is what we thought so really it's just that conversation we talked about a couple other things but the one that kind of had the items that we both were good at allowed it said hey let's do let's do real try real estate out so yeah you've been doing real estate investing now since 99 so you're 20 20 years in now mm-hmm. which nice. is awesome so you're obviously established you've been through the ups the downs you know what was that i guess a, a really low point like you know in our market we go back to 2008 2009 how did you fight through that well 2008 2009 at that point we had sold some of the properties but that actually for me was fine the people that lost during that time were the ones that panicked and sold their properties yeah. when the pro- when the values were low. We knew we were holding on to those properties, so we just kept them. Our rents actually went up during that time. Unfortunately, what it, for a lot of people is they got foreclosed on and they needed a place to stay in, so we they didn't want to go to an apartment complex. Right. And we had a duplex, you know, so they they said that's better than a an apartment complex and so they moved in there it allowed us to bump our rents up a little bit supply and demand you know yeah. and um it was really kind of i look at it as being kind of recession proof in that regard yeah for sure you guys survived recession and well, it's up to you i think real estate almost always survives a recession as long as you're don't panic yeah you know yeah. don't panic and that's again that those those people that either panicked and sold out of fear or the ones that had to sell properties for whatever reason yeah. they're moving or changing jobs or things like that yeah they took it and you know they took it hard but the, the ones that just stayed the course i mean really worked out well actually right so um, what's the first thing that somebody should look into when they're trying to get into real estate investing like you know, we can read the books. You know, you can get overly booked. I think that's something that's people analysis talk. paralysis. Yeah, yeah. Where they, like we get that all the time when we see. You know, we'll go to a meet and greet, or you and my brother run a a monthly, basically like a like a meeting that educates new people on real estate investing. So, what's one thing that like somebody should not do, and then what's one thing that they should do, like right off the bat, like first thing they need to do? Well, I think the the first thing is to, and I see this with the, both the mortgage and you know regular mortgages like a traditional mortgages if you're buying your own house and, and also with the investment is man you better be approved for financing you better be you know you're buying a hundred thousand to five hundred thousand dollar place you you better have some way of coming up with that money so i think i see people putting the cart before before the horse a lot of times where they'll go and call their call a realtor go look at 15 houses and then find the one that they love and just have to have but they're not approved for financing and then they go get talk to a mortgage broker at that point and their credit's crappy yep what a waste what a waste of everybody's time yeah that was my big thing when i was when i first a year ago when i started being a real estate agent i didn't ask are you (laughs) pre-approved i went a couple of times because i was all excited too for them oh i get to go look at properties i'm gonna probably write an offer and then i was writing an offer (laughs) and uh, found out he didn't get pre-approved and he didn't have the credit to go 
and take care of his business. And I feel bad because it's such a such a bad situation for him where he co-signed <laughs> for a girlfriend's car and they broke up and she hasn't paid her bill in like yep. three three months or something. So yep, yeah, he's. I told him to go repo it, but he hasn't done that yet. <laughs> And I think we kind of all been there in situations when you don't know and it bites you in the ass. As right. I would say, even me and my wife, I think I brought this example before. We were buying our first house six years ago. We didn't know any better. We liked the house. We saw it was open house and the next day. We zoomed in, started looking and the realtor asked us right at the door, did you guys bring your pre-approval letter? So we got that little walk of shame. She still let us look <laughs> at the property. But yeah, we had to like kind of like tip our heads down and <laughs> look and like slowly walk to the car. I'm like, now we know. So I love it. listen to Tony, guys. He's going to give you tons of good information. And don't repeat your and Livy. Get your pre-approval first. <laughs> yeah, always get that pre-approval. Whether it's real estate investing, whether it's whether it's buying your own house. I think you know that's my realm now is being a real estate agent. That's the first thing I do. And then Tony's also working in mortgages, so I just say call Tony or have give Tony their number. But he usually does everything for me after that, so my job becomes pretty easy. Yeah, it's real important. That, I mean, that's that's the biggest thing with, is just to make sure that you have the, a means to be able to buy that property, whatever it is. Right. So, so you're not wasting everybody's time and wasting your own time. Now, what would you advise somebody who doesn't have the funds? Who doesn't have the funds to buy their house, who can't get... Well, no, I'm talking like a real estate, like you find a duplex that is, you know, depreciated in value. Somebody wants to dump it really quickly. Mm -hmm. Do you need money to actually buy a property? If it's... Are you talking an investment property? Yeah. So you do not anymore need money to buy. Now, if the property is what we call a turnkey property, where you can just move in, walk in and and rent it out, you're going to... You probably are going to need some money for something like that. You're going to pay retail for it, whatever. Those properties, you know, you're going to need some money. But if if the property needs a little bit of work or if there's equity in the property, there are ways now to get into this, to get into those investment properties without, with little or no, none of your own money, which is so cool. Yeah. So cool. And it was kind of my next questions I'm learning, or at least I'm here in the place to learn today. Is pre-approval process for investing into real estate any different from, for example, your uh, conventional home buying loan? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, you still want to be pre-approved for your what I call your end financing, your your long-term financing. So that's either through a traditional lender, um, local bank or your local credit union or your local mortgage broker, or through a commercial lender. Um, that's another thing that you, they, they can do some things sometimes that the, that the banks can't. So yeah, you need to be approved for that. You know, then there's also something that a lot of people don't know about. It's called a hard money lender or a private money lender. And, um, that's where you can really partner the two the, you part, you buy the house with the hard money loan, and then you go and refinance that with either your traditional lender lending or your commercial lending by doing, by partnering those. And it's a, again, a property that's needs, probably needs some work. Mm-hmm. That you can build some equity in it right away by fixing the place up. You get your hard money loan. That and a lot of times the hard money loan, you're able to get both the purchase price and the rehab costs all at the same time, all at closing. You, know, you fix that bad boy up, and then they and then you refinance it because you're already pre-approved for your end financing. Yeah, and that's how I did my first real estate investing deal. That's how I met Tony was. Yep through a referral and uh, there was a duplex that I was looking to buy. Uh, I was trying to get, you know, kick the tires a little bit into real estate investing. You know, my brother had gone full full in. I'm more of a jump in feet first versus head first kind of guy. Or as I used to say, I'll dive in head first, break my neck and then 
you know, deal with it later. But so what happened with Tony was I was introduced to Tony, you know, he ran a credit score on me and you know, he, he knows enough about the properties to know if there's enough equity, potential equity in the properties, so that he's not going to get burned in the long run. I'm going to make a good sound decision. He's, you were, I mean, you were really nurturing for me at that point, which was important for me and awesome. And you know, that's why I still trust you at this point. We, we got into a whole bunch of stuff on that one <laughs> with tenants. We got into certain weird situations on appraisals. We got into the fact that of, you're still doing real estate right now is impressive. After that. <laughs> yeah, like, nice, nice work. I applaud you. I took my lumps on that one, but I still made money. And that was the cool thing about it is, Correct. you know, Tony, had coached me through the whole thing. Long story short, well, I'm making a long story. I bought it for about 50, it was around 49, right? Yeah. So 49,000, the property was appraised at the time, I think, you know, something like, it was 65% of the value had given me on, I think, something like that. Yeah, it was even, yeah, wasn't it 90, 90, yeah, it 95, 90. 95, somewhere yeah, around there, we thought like the value that. would and be. Then I, then I needed money to rehab. Tony's a hard money lender. My parents, offered me a loan as well. Now I was paying Tony and my parents over 10% on this loan. Mm -hmm. Everybody needs to win if you're going to get into real estate investing. One of the cool things that Tony told me right off the bat was don't get greedy. And that stuck with me from, from there because once you start getting greedy and you start cutting people out that you can't, then you're going to start losing relationships. That word's going to travel fast. And you want to make sure that anybody you ever partner with, always there's always a win-win. Even if I have to lose, I'd rather have all my partners win. And that was important too. As long as no one gets greedy, we can all win. That's one of my one yep. of my mottos. And I truly believe it. And I've seen it time and time again. I've all seen it when people do get greedy. That's when everyone starts to lose. Yep. For and sure. it's a small community here, so if you start getting greedy, everyone's going to know. Yeah, especially <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. 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 And, you know, I mean, we're listened to, you know, internationally now, but I, I would assume the same principle I would, applies everywhere. I so would imagine. It just might take a little longer. So go ahead, Yuri. You had something? No, I was just agreeing with Tony. Green Bay is such a small city. Things People know things before it happens. So. Yeah. so then what happened with that deal was, so I got it for, we'll say 50 to make it easy. My parents gave me 27,000 to rehab it. And then we were trying to get, to put it to a, a traditional one. And I was dealing with a really bad contractor. We couldn't get the siding finished. So it was delaying everything longer than it needed to be. And then it didn't appraise the way that we wanted it to. So I still had to come up with money out of my own pocket to finish the deal. And it all worked out though. Like the crazy part was, uh, is I had, I went through everything with this. I had two terrible tenants, lost a thousand dollars in water bills. <laughs> I lost, I forgot how much money on the contractor. I lost on the time that I was paying Tony and my parents on a uh, on a refi. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. And I still made $13,000 when I sold it a little over a year later. So it was <laughs> as bad as it was, it's still everybody wants. And how much did you learn during that process? Oh my god. You know, so much. Even if you'd have broken bro broken even or or even had to pay a little bit. Yep. People go to college for a year and then spend what fifty thousand now. Yeah. I mean, you made thirteen thousand and, and learned a crap ton. Oh, absolutely. And then I transferred into that next property, which was even worse, and because I was dealing with that same contractor, the properties had overlapped. Mm -hmm. That guy, that guy cost me probably twenty five, thirty. Didn't you have some inspector? Problems with one of them too. I can't. Yeah, that was a different. That's a whole nother scenario. Yeah. So okay. every Sorry. single time, no. But it's good though. Like you're not. It's not like you get into the world of real estate investing and your first property, your second property, your third property, or probably your hundredth property. There's not some sort of issue. You just learn sometimes to look for it now ahead of time. Every every single one has been a learning curve for me. So as much as first one was a bad experience, but a good experience. The second one was a terrible experience, but I learned a ton. And then the third, fourth, and fifth now have come really good. So I'm, yeah. you know, I just got my sixth property 
uh, not too long ago, and I'm going to try doing something a little bit different with Airbnb and short-term rentals, and I'm just going to keep trying different things. And I'm not afraid to lose anymore. That's the that's the cool thing. I was just going to say, and it's kind of you guys notice who listens to us all the time or regularly. It's a, it's a recurrent theme of our podcast. Don't be afraid to suck at something. Learn a new skill. You're not gonna most likely you're not gonna master something on the first try, but don't give up. What doesn't kill you make you stronger. Like Monty mentioned, he was scared, he was losing money, but at the end, it was a learning curve, it was a great experience. So it's all about taking action. Well, not quitting. Like if I would have quit on the first deal, I wouldn't have any of the other experiences that I had. I wouldn't be making money now doing it because I would have quit. You know, and I get that a lot too from people who try their first time and then they're like, oh, this wasn't easy. Well, it's not going to be freaking easy. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. I think the other thing too is, yes, don't don't be afraid to, to suck at something, but also make sure though that you surround yourself with yes. people that you can talk to and bounce ideas off of. I mean, I, I've done real estate a long, been doing real estate a long time, but I sure as heck don't know everything about real estate. But I have met enough people, I've networked enough now that if I don't know the answer, I probably know somebody that I can call that does know the answer. And that to me is huge. Yep. So make sure you surround yourself with people that know what the heck they're talking about, or at least that you can pay. And I, I pay some people too that, you know, if, if, I don't, if I'm not good at something or if I hate doing it, I'll pay people that are good at it yeah. or that like to do it. That and, can give me the correct information. It's and huge. find those people that have your best interest too, and stick Absolutely. with them. You know, that's I think what's been great about you and my brother and you know other people is if I have a question, I call you guys. You answer my calls almost every time. Getting a straight answer. I'm not getting a bullshit what I want to hear answer. I'm getting a straight. We can swear in podcasts. Oh yeah, dude. Oh, I didn't yeah, know. We that. Can... <laughs> So, Sorry. So no, I'm no, 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 it's okay. We, we've been marked uh, <laughs> explicit every, every other episode. So, yeah, no, but like that's what you get out of these, out of just learning and networking and talking with people and find the people who are willing to put their arm around you. Because I think the thing that, you know, you noticed, I'm always coming back to you now, whether, whether you're making money or not on me, you're still helping me and I want to help you. Like, that's the cool thing now is we got that cohesion now and things are starting to click which is pretty cool it's so, huge mm-hmm. yeah so that's that's what you got to do is i think i think the first thing you have to do i mean we go back to that this is a long story to get back to yeah <laughs> but i think the first thing you have to do is find people and start building a network that you can get the confidence and the education that will push you to make that first deal absolutely yep because i think the first thing that holds anybody back is fear right yeah i mean that's why people don't do things is why they don't take action is because they're scared of what might happen instead of looking at the outcome of what actually might happen right <laughs> like they don't there's two different outcomes there's a good one and a bad one and everybody's worried about the bad one the what ifs nobody's really willing to take action on the what ifs on the good side you know weigh those pros and cons out what if i do this what if i only make a thousand dollars or what if i only what if i lose seventeen thousand dollars like i did on my second one right you gotta try somewhere. You you try it. It's gonna pay off sooner or later. You're gonna suck just a few times, and then it's only gonna go up. What if I go to college and don't get my degree? Well, I did that. I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> I only spent five and a half years playing sports. No big deal. Five because I didn't ran out of eligibility. But now we got past the people, the networking part. Okay, so we and we talk about money now. So let's talk about maybe like different directions somebody can go in. You got the HGTV, you got flipped or flopped. You got other people who are buying apartment buildings. You have people who are holding rentals. Like what's your advice for somebody trying to like kick the tires on that? Or maybe they get over analytical, just not sure. What do you, what's the advice there? That's a great question. And that that's really where you need to sit down as an individual and say, what are my goals? You know, what do I want to accomplish? Do I want to do a flip, make 15 grand? 
and because they want to you know go go pay cash for a car i guess you have to make more than that nowadays to get a car but depends on what kind of car but yeah you know do i want you know do i have the ability to do i have the ability to go into the property and, and do the work myself is that something i want to do you know do i want and I, I put you can't see this but it's air quotes do i want passive income you know from uh from rental properties you know do i want to quit my job yeah do I want a couple properties that when I come to retirement time that I they're paid off at that point and I have extra income coming in because I'm not you know I'm not banking on Social Security to be there or whatever. Yeah. Do I want to have single family houses, maybe a little less headaches in those, or do I want to have multifamily houses with a bunch of units? Different headaches with that one, you know. So you really have to to game plan what your goals are, short term and long term. And once you determine that, then you pick one of these. You can do real estate tons of different ways. But you pick one, get really good at it. One of the problems that I see is people get the shiny object syndrome. You're like, wow, I can I can buy single families, I can buy multi, I can do wholesale properties, I can flip properties. You know, they hear all these different gurus, but pick one. You can make money on all of them. Get really good at that one. And then if you want to branch out, great, go ahead. Yep. So And that's what I'm doing right now, is I've been doing flips for 18 months now. I did have the one rental, which as I mentioned, wasn't a great experience, but it was still a positive outcome. So that's what I've been doing now. I've done five four flips now. I just finished my fifth. Done the rental thing. I'm looking back now like long term and reevaluating. And now I have a team of people too, which is great. You know, Huge. 18 months, you you wean you wean out the people who are not going to be good for you, <laughs> who are who yep. aren't there. And I've I've been through a lot of them already. It happens pretty quick. They come quick and they leave quick. The ones that are willing to stand by you, you know, I have three really really solid contractors now that I can fall back on four if I count your brother and he's not too busy. The fact is now I can do flips, but also now I can branch out. Now I've learned flipping. I've learned what needs to be done in a house. Now I'm starting to look at more of the buy and holds. I got an Airbnb I just bought. Probably going to put an offer in on a duplex today. Maybe another flip house. Fear factor is gone. I'll still have to figure out how to make get the money for it. <laughs> but the fear factor is gone now, which is really cool. So you have these different avenues to branch off. And like Tony said, I tried wholesaling. Wasn't for me. Right. I mean, my brother is amazing at it. He's one of the best wholesalers I've ever seen. Not for me. It's not my, not my cup of tea. So I'm going to go a different direction. But I've tried it. I've looked into it and I think you can read all you want about it, but until you, you can't see me doing air quotes, but until you take action and actually do something, you have to take action. You'll never learn. That's a, that analysis, that's an analysis paralysis I was ta- that I yep. mentioned before. You can read and listen, listen to podcasts all you want. Eventually you have to do something. You have to take action. You have to go buy a house. You have to go buy a, do a flip, whatever it is, whatever real estate route you want to take, do it. Even if it's buying your own house, I mean, there's house hacking it's yeah. called it's a term where you go buy a duplex live in one side rent out the other side yep. i mean it's a great way to get into a rental property right right away you know or if you're living in a single family house now i know people that are doing this is they're they're going and buying a duplex living in one half and keeping their other house their single family and renting it out you know right off the bat you have three rental units yep you know it's kind of cool so there's there's ways to get into it and then you have really good financing great terms all that fun stuff but there's ways to get into it without having to know a whole heck of a lot about quote-unquote real estate yeah so yeah just like basically think what you need what's the best for you don't get shiny googly eyes and jump on something just sit on it for a little bit process information figure out what's the best for you well and i think you know for those people out there who look at how the other what do they say the, the this is how the how the upper one percent live or the upper two percent live yeah some people were born into it but i would say the most common way to, if you really feel like you need to be keeping up with the joneses and being that is to get into real estate like that's the the margins are there 
The money is there. It's always going to be there. They don't make more land. You have something tangible. Yeah. Tangible. Yep. So figure out a way. Make it happen. Whatever you need to do. If you want to reach out to us, you need to reach out to Tony. We can get you in the right hands to start doing that. Now, switching back to the money part. This is your specialty, right? Mm -hmm. Now you've gone through the flipping. You've gone through the rentals. Do you still do those? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in the middle of two flips right now, and then um, and then I have still have some. Four, I think forty doors, forty units still. Cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Describe to what somebody is in your specialty. Now you're a mortgage officer, but in the real estate investing world, you're a hard money guy. Yep. So what does that mean? So basically, what that means is I probably five or six years ago I found out that you could do something called a self-directed IRA. Basically, you take your an old 401k and you can roll it over. It's not a distribution. You roll it over into a self-directed, and with that, I then found out that you could invest that in really a lot of different things. But I'm but you can invest it in real estate. So what I was doing then is I, I took some took some money out of my I rolled it over into the self-directed. I started lending it to other investors that for their flips and for their buy and holds, for their rentals. Once people in this community find out that you have money to lend, I had more more people coming to me than <laughs> than I had. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we haven't talked in a while. Here, so give me some money. Yeah, it. exactly. How you been, buddy? Here's a beer. What, so what I thought, what I did then though is I thought, you know what? I know other people that have what I call dead old 401ks from an old company, and I know other people that have a little bit of money sitting in a checking account doing nothing. So I started saying, hey, I can lend this out for you, and I can pay out 10 to 12 percent on this, and I'm going to tie it to a to a rental property or tie it to real estate with the first mortgage note. People are like, you can do that. <laughs> so once I started educating people that you could do that, I started getting more and more people that were lending their money through me, if you will, into these real estate deals. So now I have probably Probably it's about 30 people that lend their money through me in different either self-directed IRAs or cash line around or whatever. And that's called, you know, it's a hard money loan. So it's basically private individuals who pool their money or use their own funds to fund other people's deals. Basically, it's the same way a bank does it. You guys are doing yeah, That's right. That's yeah, right. Just We're it. just a really, really, really small bank. For sure. <laughs> For sure. So how does somebody... You know, how would somebody go about finding a hard money lender other than the obvious of asking? Well, the, you can go on. You can go online. I mean, there's this. The, I think it's called the Google machine. That Google. I heard Google? about it. Yeah, Google. So, googly. The googly. I think you can. <laughs> I think you can go on there. And what you'll find with that is is there's a lot of national hard money lenders out there. That have, and each hard money lender, they have their own terms and their own specifications. They have their own interest rates. I mean, there's there's a lot of leeway in what they can do. So you can go online and do that. The other thing is to ask, you know, realtors, yeah. <laughs> local realtors, hey, is there a hard money lender out there? I personally think it's nice to have a local guy. I'm very biased in that though. <laughs> but yeah. it's someone that you can sit and talk to because they have a, a better indication of the market or an idea what the market's like. So they can help you through that well, process. Values of properties. Values you know, and you're if, not gonna you're not gonna over risk somebody's investment when they're going through you on that. Yeah. Just a human factor to talking to somebody real yes. who lives next door to you, not yes. some lady or guy or whoever from Ohio who doesn't give a correct. Are, yeah, we covered that. Already. We covered that. We can I, we can swear <laughs> on this thing. So yeah, so I mean that's so. That's where you you know you can go online and get a national one. You can and talk to realtors, talk to title companies. Might know somebody. They they typically know people that do that. A lot of people have never heard of hard money lending. Um, it's not something that the banks are going to tell you about. Um, yeah. So you got to eat more off the off the grid a little bit um, as far as that goes. So what's the difference between hard money and private money? I know you get that question. Yeah, private money is like if you get it from a family member. Yeah. 
So private man, so if it's a family member or a friend, and you, so you could go to your Uncle Joe. It just sold his business and it's got three million dollars sitting in his checking account. Say, hey, Uncle Joe, I'm, you know, I'm looking at buying a rental property. Pay a twelve percent, you know, to, to fund that thing for me. And he might say, yeah, and that's private money, basically. Yeah. So it's someone you know, real. Whereas hard money is just someone. It's more formal. Very much more formal, yeah. Yeah, there's more yeah. of a process. Correct. You do a lot more vetting for somebody who yep. wants to get into that yep. sort of thing. Yep. Yeah, you got it, man. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. Very cool. All but right. very similar. Just out of curiosity, are the interest rates differ very much from your traditional loan when it comes to hard lenders and private loans? Absolutely. Yes. So in your just, I'll give you a, a, a good example here. So you have a hundred thousand dollar loan, and if you're going to go to the bank, okay, the traditional bank, you're right now you're going to pay you know high threes to mid fours on that deal. Okay. If it's an investment property, maybe you'll pay a 5%, let's say, okay, on an investment. Hard money, you're paying 12% typically in this area. Now there's other hard, there's hard money lenders. Nationally, it's around 15% typically is what it is. So around here, it's about around in the Green Bay area, it's around 12% that you're going to pay. And there's fees for the hard money lenders. There's also fees though for traditional lending. So you got to take that into consideration as well. Points, right? They're called points in the hard money world. Point is, point's real simple to figure. It's really 1% of the loan amount. So on a hundred thousand dollar deal, point is 1000 bucks. So you get a thousand bucks right off the top to the lender, yep. no matter what. Yep. So in tip, now I lend money out at 12% annualized and three points. Now there's no other fees except a wire fee. And then there's the title fees and whatnot. So, so yeah, it's more expensive to, as far as those funds go. And, and a lot of people ask me, I don't know if you're going to ask me this, but a lot of people say, why would in God's name, when anyone ever would ever, why would they ever do that? Yeah. Tony, why would anybody in God's Thank you. name ever do that? <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> Great question. <laughs> I have the answer. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the main reason that people will do that is this, is that when you're looking at a lot of these houses, that ones that you can that have equity in them, you're building that equity by fixing the place up. So that means there's something wrong with that house. Your traditional lenders typically do not like to do financing on a house that needs a bunch of work. Okay? There's that's, a few exceptions. There's a few exceptions. And that's why there's exceptions to all this stuff. Yeah. But but that's that's typically the 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 one of the main reasons because they they're not going to do the financing. One of the other things is when you're out there and you're in competition to to get a house and it's a good deal. There's a lot of people doing it. Somebody else might be with a traditional lender. It's going to take them thirty to forty five days to get yeah. to close. You can go in there with your hard money lender and say, hey, I can close in a week. That's you know. Nice. So your your seller, the person that's selling that place might be like, you know what, if I can sell this sucker in a week, I'll take a discounted price on it. And you might get be able to get that deal yep. when somebody else does not. So is it worth paying a little extra to get the deal? You know, that depends. I'd rather get paid a little on something than yep. blot on nothing. Well, I would think the goal, that, like, right? that makes sense. Thank so you. I think the goal, <laughs> the goal when you're doing, you know, when you're in real estate investing, be able to get the project, whatever it is, whatever it's a duplex single family home, flip, apartment unit, whatever. Mm-hmm. Use that hard money, but you're only using the hard money for a very short yep. period of time. Yep. So that interest really doesn't matter. I told people that when I got through you, even though ours lasted a little longer than it <laughs> should have, but that was all learning again. Right. But when I got it through you, you know, our goal was to have you paid back in three months. Now it took us a little over six, yep. but I would then you wrap it into a traditional mortgage. Correct, and correct. Then you refinance, the, you refinance that hard money loan out with the traditional financing. You either sell it if you're flipping, 
financing it or you refinance it out with traditional financing and or a commercial loan. Yep. So you're getting rid of that thing. Because I only my terms are six months, meaning you have to have that bad boy done and yep. refinanced or sold within six months. And it's a six month, what we call a balloon, meaning the entire amount to do at that six month time period. So now, typically if somebody's getting a mortgage, you cannot use hard money and a mortgage at the same time for like a down payment, right? Correct. There are some lenders out there that will do a second mortgage basically to help you with the down payment, but that that's rare. And I don't know any around here that are doing that. Yeah, so because we had to look into that for one of yep. our Yep. Our clients. So you still need down payment for hard lending, right? <laughs> no. Or equity. Or, or equity. Yes, not necessarily. Equity. You know, prime example is this is so say you have a house you're buying for fifty thousand. Okay. Okay. You know after you went gone through the house you'd have put about fifteen thousand into it, you know, for a rehab cost. You know after you do that fifteen thousand of rehab, of repair, that it's gonna be worth about a hundred. Okay. I come in as the hard money lender and because I'll go to 65% of what we call that after repair value. ARV. The ARV. Thank you, Jerry. There you go. Get Corey's shirt. There, the there you go. The ARV. So I'll go to 65% max of that ARV. So in that scenario, you got a $50,000 purchase price. $15,000 rehab, I'll give you $65,000 at the time of closing. Okay, so you you don't have any down payment on that 50 and, and you're getting your and you're getting your rehab costs at the time of closing. Basically, Tony's buying you a house for free in that scenario. So you you have no money out of your pocket and then you get it all fixed up and then you refinance with your traditional lender because they're going to then go off the appraisal once the house is fixed, they get an appraisal, your traditional lender. Appraisal comes in at 100,000, they refinance you and you pay me off. Well, wow, that's great. Yep. So I might be giving you a call pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> Take well, an action, baby. Well, let's look at that scenario. If you were going to buy it with the traditional lenders, say you could. $50,000 house, okay? Now, let's say it's a single family house that you're using it as a rental. You go into your traditional lender, your bank, your credit union, whatever, your mortgage broker. You have to put 20% down on the 50000 So what's 20% of 50000 12. Thank you. Is it? I don't know. No, guessing. it's 10. 10. Oh, yeah, duh. Wow. Wow. Sorry. We're really good at math here. Yep. Hey, that's our mortgage guy. I was, I was figuring two, like four points on that one. I was yeah. figuring four points. Anyway, so it's 10,000 bucks <laughs> to buy just, so when you go to per, go to close, you have to put $10,000 for your down payment. That's a 20% that's required by your traditional lender. But you have to put $15,000 into that place, right? We need a rehab. So you got to put another 15,000 into it out of your pocket. So that same scenario, you're putting in $25,000 of your own money in that deal. Whereas you could do it with a hard money lender and put nothing in and then refinance it out. That's where this becomes so powerful because I don't know how many people have $25,000 laying around. Yeah, maybe for one deal. We bought, we bought me, I have two brothers in the area. We bought 52 properties in about three and a half years. We didn't have money for down payments for 52 properties. We didn't have money for down payments for two properties. So we had to get very, very creative in how we found funds, how we used the banks, yeah. how we partnered up with people. Doing this route allows you to repeat this process over and over again. You can, yeah. and I've seen it, I've seen people do it for years now. Yeah, it's every awesome. single property I've bought, I've used zero of my own money so far. It's awesome. Other than my house. But yep, yep, awesome. That's, that's the unique part is you just get out of the traditional way that we were brought up, the way that we were thought mm -hmm. through school and look for other ways. There's a reason why certain people, my brother's got 100 units now. Right. In three years. Wow. Mm. 100 units. That was his goal. Like, let's get there. And you just figure out a way. And yep. he got creative with Talking with people, seller financing, you know, hard money lenders, private money, use all your tools. It's no different than contractor going in and having to repair a house. They got all sorts of tools for different jobs. There's all different types of tools to, to make money in real estate. Absolutely agree. Yep. So, all right. So now we get past, uh, where, where were we? <laughs> Well, we, we just went, we're we just explaining well, we explain what the hard money loan is, basically. Yeah, we okay. went over a little wow, bit. Wow, we went off. That yeah. was pretty good. Well, that was a great scenario, though. Now we're getting into 
the next phase here of financing out. So what happens when they finance out? How do they do that? Obviously, if, you, if you're flipping the house, you put the $15,000 into it, you put it on the market for your 100000 and you sell it and you make your money and everyone's happy. But... If you want to keep that thing as a rental, then you go to your traditional lender, your tradition, which you should again already be pre-approved for. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Did we talk about that we, before? I think, I think we've covered that today. Let's talk about pre-approval. Again. Yeah. No. <laughs> so you should already already be pre-approved. So what the the traditional lender saying? Hey, once this once that thing's fixed up, we're going to send our appraiser out there. They appraise your. You tell your lender, hey, we're all fixed up. Appraiser goes out there. Does the appraisal? Appraisal comes back at, at the hundred thousand dollars in our former former example. And on a on a single family investment, though, they'll, they'll go to eighty percent of that appraised value. Okay, you have enough equity basically then to pay off that hard money deal. So you're paying off your purchase price. You're paying off your rehab costs. And you're into that thing for and no Sometimes money. you can cash out a little bit too. Yeah, there there are ways to cash out. You have to wait, typically wait six months to after that six month period. There's seasoning periods for cash out into in the traditional world. Sure. So, but yes, you can do that. Just learn something. Yeah. Got to wait the six months for that. Got it. So that's where, now I see Yuri's wheels are turning now. Now he's starting to get what I've been doing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, well, that's, yeah. Right, Yuri? I mean, that's. Yeah. My my, my head is full right now. It's about to explode. It's like, (laughs) it's good explosion though. (laughs) I I see this happen a lot where people are like, oh my gosh, I can do this without money. I can literally get into properties without money. And it, it opens up a whole new world because when I talk to people, real estate, their biggest hurdle, the fear is one of them. But the biggest one is I don't have enough money to be a real estate investor. That's the biggest one. I don't have enough money to be a real estate investor. And you know what? For most people, that's correct. And for years ago, that was correct. Now, with some of these uh, this hard money stuff and some of these other things, you can be with very, right. very little money. Make sure you got decent credit. Yes. And that's the main thing. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Credit and a good property. You got to find the deals. I mean, I would say the biggest thing for me when people ask me now, and maybe you can confirm this, but I think the biggest thing for me was like knowing the numbers now. Like to me, I think that's the most important part. Whatever property you're looking to buy, know your numbers. Yeah. What are you going to spend in closing costs? What's the asking price? What's the rehab cost? What's the ARV? There's you know? great spreadsheets online for that. If you yep. look up a flip calculator or, yep. or a flip buy and hold calculator online, there's some great calculators that can help you yep. plunk all that stuff in. But really you need to know, hey, what's the ARV? What's the after repair value? What do I need to fix this thing up? Yep. Right. And then, um, what do I need my purchase price to be? Yep. And then, don't get emotional about it. Yes. Get it's your business. stick to your numbers. It, if you're doing an investment property, it's a business. I find people they're like, I just love this house and I, I have to overpay for it. That's stupid. Yes. We we used to do that. We did that on a couple houses and we learned real quick. It's all you make your money in the buy. So God forbid, do not get emotional about these houses. It's and, hard not to, especially I know. after you flip them. And I know. Put your energy in. It's exciting, or, and you want to get yeah. you want to get your you want to do that. But man, don't don't do that. Or oh, especially for a first time home buyer. So, yeah. Oh, you yes. should have seen my googly eyes when we were yeah, buying. That's right. Start putting offers left and right, and my wife's like, "We buying this one." I'm like, "No, we're not." Yeah. <laughs> no, Yuri. It's but it's no. I would argue though, it's different when you're buying a house for yourself. Yeah. Oh, okay. That I'm okay. I'm okay a little bit there. If you just love that house and there's something in it and you're gonna live there and that's go ahead. If you want to overpay for that, it's up to you. You know, as long as you get it financed yeah. or whatever, that's yeah. up to you. I'm not yeah. saying we overpay, but in the investment mm. world, when you're doing this as a business, do not, yeah. do not, do not let emotions get in, in the way. Yeah. Get your numbers. Stick to your numbers. And even on, even when you're buying your own house, 
you know, my real estate agent, when I bought my house, when it was one of the best lessons I took from him was we fell in love with our house right away. Our house is awesome. It's on a lake. It's amazing. It is, by the way. In yeah, case if you guys good. didn't see it, yes. I would move in here any day if I could. <laughs> but he, we offered $50,000 under the asking price. It was only on the market for like three days. So this guy was like not ready to sell. He was like, whatever. And we ended up, as soon as he said, okay, we know, because I called my mortgage person and I said, hey. Kristen, can I get this house for 370? And I offered three. I'm like, I'm going to offer three. I was ready to offer 370. <laughs> and my agent was amazing. And he probably, I'm not going to mention his name because he's supposed to work for the seller. He, uh, <laughs> it's true. It's true. He goes, all right. He was a great friend of mine too. So I think I had a buyer agency agreement anyway. So we we're probably good. Then you're fine. I don't remember. Anyway, he said. Let's just say you did. Let's say that I did have a buyer agency agreement <laughs> with him. Okay. So Kevin had said to me, he goes, put your business hat on now. He said, this is good. This is a great property. It's amazing. It's going to appreciate, but let's put your business hat on. I definitely put my business hat on because me and this guy tried to see whose was bigger and we ended up with 11 counter offers, which is still an all time <laughs> record for him. <laughs> And the other agent didn't have DocuSign, so he had to keep coming over to keep getting 11 he, pieces of paper. He signed. loved oh, you. No. Oh, he loved me. Finally, he just emailed me out of the blue and said, this isn't getting done for less than 350 I said, fine, 350 it is. And so we got him down 20 but we were going back go. and forth like $500 at a clip. It became a, like a huge ego contest. But <laughs> as soon as my agent told me that, that's what I did. And, and then the cool part was now I, I used that advice for, for a couple that I was you know selling a house for too. They walked into the house. They were getting buyer fatigue where they like look at a house online and they're like, oh my God, it's so amazing. And they had talked themselves into buying the house before they even got there. And then we're walking through the house and I'm reading their body language and they're just not there. And they're like, we want to make an offer on this one. And the house, like the backyard was caving into a ravine and they're going to have like $30,000, $40,000 in landscape fees. And I ended up walking outside with them and told them this probably is not the right property for you. They were pretty happy. We ended up finding them a great home down the road. They're excited. They've passed on a few referrals to me now just for looking out for them in their best interest. Uh, so we're going to switch gears a little bit here, Tony, but, you know, wrap this up up here pretty soon but we got two more segments to go through so the one we always run here is what's next for tony Breuer? what's next for me well <laughs> i guess i'm to the point in my career where the hard money lending piece i also do the mortgage side so i can tie those two together really nice for people my whole goal in my business life is to get people into properties with little or no money so to, to kind of mentor people and to watch their empire, their real estate empires grow is, is so cool. As long as we're all making money, which we can in this, it's fun. Yep. This is fun. I've seen people, when we start talking about real estate and they can get in these properties with none of their own money, I watch their, you know, their minds get blown, yeah. you know? And then when they do their first property and they realize, hey, I can do this again because I don't need any money and they do it again and again, that's just awesome. Yep. And so it's really, you know, talking to these people, mentoring them so that they can make money, they're making money. I'm making money. Everyone's having fun, and, and, um, and we're accomplishing. Happy, yeah. Everyone's happy. We're all accomplishing our goals, and that's really what what's next for me. Is you know, you say, "Hey, what are you gonna do when you grow up?" And I, I found it. Yeah. I found it, which is cool. I know what I want to nice. do when I grow up. Awesome. I'm there. And how old are you? I'll be 45 in February. Nice. So that's probably. I really hope it's my mark when I'm like 45 years old and I actually know <laughs> <laughs> what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, what I want to do. I'm just getting there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you got to start somewhere. Whenever you start. You, you go until, right. you, until you decide you don't like it anymore or you, you get passionate about it and you guys can't see Tony's body language but he was pretty geeked about when he was explaining that so I think he's he's not lying about getting people excited about building their empires that's the first one of the first things he told me other than don't get greedy was build your empire 
let's build it together. And I was super stoked after that. So that was awesome. Yeah. And Tony is a natural. He did really good considering it's his first podcast ever. You did great. So maybe you'll be a regular on our show. Who knows? (laughs) I hope so. That's awesome. So thanks guys. Next segment. This is something that's backed by popular demand. We've done it every episode in season two. We started in season one Q and a Tony. So we know we kind of threw you under the bus a little bit here, but, and didn't really let you prepare, but maybe you are now who knows, but little, uh, little Q and a, so you got, you get to ask two questions, maybe three. We can, we can go as long as you want, but a okay. couple of questions here from you. So go ahead. So I get to ask you guys whatever I you want. You ask the host. Right. Yeah, it's sur- surprises. Anything you want. Well, this is, like I said, I have never even really listened to a podcast, let alone been on a podcast. Why would you guys, why would you guys start a podcast? I mean, what's, if you could explain, educate me on why you would do this. Yeah, of course. Me and Monty, when we were doing his social media and writing his marketing plan for his real estate, we decided to do something different. I go on my Facebook and I go on my Instagram. A lot of people, it's all about me, 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 me. So we wanted to do something different. We wanted to give it back to people. And we both actually simultaneously idea of a podcast came out like literally at the same time. So I'm like, yep. That's it. We went through a couple different ideas. We were going to do Monty and friends at first, but then we realized there's not much value to anyone else besides Monty. Little brainstorm. We came out with Take Action Podcast. That's where you listen to us. We'll give you motivation. We'll give you direction. We'll bring interesting guests like you. Like I, I learned a ton today. So it's all about... <laughs> given back yeah you know to mirror off of that it was it was almost a simultaneous decision you know we were sitting on my dock on the backyard and you know i said yuri i said let's come up with a marketing plan where i can we can start branding ourselves personally but at the same time find some way to benefit and we both basically said at that point now i came up with that idea was i read gary v's book crushing it and there's a chapter in there about podcasts and i noticed there weren't a lot of real estate agents or really anybody in our area doing podcasts so For me, it was kind of a no-brainer. The issue was we didn't know what the hell we were doing. (laughs) Four, five, six months later, we finally got to the point where we took action and finally got it started. I bought the equipment off of a closing, and it was great. I mean, it was awesome. It's been amazing, and the feedback's been amazing so far. So that's how we got here. Yeah, for sure. And I keep probably saying on every podcast, uh, one of our recurring themes, don't be afraid to suck at something. When we started, we didn't know where we were doing. I was scared. I was shaking in my boots. But look at us now, six months months later 24 countries thousand downloads i think we're going in the right direction and it's all about our listeners it's all about our guests we're here to give it back to you guys for sure all right next question my next question is this and this is for yuri but after listening to monty and i talk about real estate when are you going to get your first investment property yeah great question oh absolutely i'm ready to pull the trigger right now just after this episode i do have a statue of limitations which is my wife (laughs) 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 so probably have to do some prep work for her however a lot of things gonna change after she listens to your podcast (laughs) because Information is pretty clear. I tried to explain it to her the way things work and she was just not getting it. Yeah. It's pretty simple. As I mentioned before, kids are my life. I work in the restaurant. I don't care. I work in the restaurant. I like my job for now. But down the road, I want to secure my retirement. So I'm looking to probably purchase one or two rentals, keep them at the long term. So by the end, I get old. You never know. The social security might be depleted by then. It will be. Yes. Kids going to go. It's already gone. (laughs) 
kid's gonna go to college, so I'm gonna take action and secure my retirement. And the information was just phenomenal. I'll be giving you a call within a few, few months, Tony. One question I have Excellent. for Yuri, why would you stop at one or two if you get good at it? One to two to start with and get uh, comfortable and we'll see how it goes. I'm not moron by any means. <laughs> so <laughs> once I get a hang of it and it's yeah. gonna be good, I'll we'll keep it rolling. I will warn you, Yuri, it is addictive. It is. It's very addictive. Once you start getting properties, it's it's a good thing to be addicted to. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's it's well, fun. Once and you're not fun. scared and you're confident in what yes. you're doing, it's it's, fun. it's amazing and just like even the people that you meet doing it. Like that's more to me. You know, I've gotten closer to a lot of my friends that help me out with it and partnering with people is a lot of fun. You know, and again, and not be greedy. If everybody wins, you get somebody else that gets the itch, you know, that's going to come back down the road. I don't know when, but just like if you burn somebody, yeah. if you burn somebody, they're coming back later on down the road. So that contractor I was talking about, he's going to get his. It might not be for me, but he's going to get his. Yeah, he will. And as long as it's positive addiction, I don't mind. Yeah, you're you going to get, get go. it. It's not like I'm calling Tony and saying, like, hey, Tony, I'm going to Las Vegas. Yeah. I need 150K <laughs> to go play roulette or a blackjack <laughs> And that's completely different story. But as long um, your, your wife might have a bit, much bigger problem with that. And so and I'm pretty sure Tony's not releasing the funds on that no. one either. No, <laughs> no, he is not. And I can guarantee you that my, my wife will probably bump up my life insurance and probably pull a trigger on me <laughs> if I do that ever. That's awesome. Well, great stuff today, guys. I think we're going to wrap up here, but. Uh, Tony, thanks so much for coming on. It was awesome. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. It was uh, tons of knowledge. Yuri's wheels are turning. I'm re-fired up and re-energized. I'm super stoked. I'm going to look at a couple properties tonight yet, which is uh, hopefully I'll get one or one or two of them at least. I'm just fired up about it. So Awesome. And, and for our listeners, who whoever here in the Fox City area, how can people find you, Tony? How can people find me? Yeah. Yes. yes. Oh. I mean, you got to promote your business when you come here, right? <laughs> I have a website. It's www.goodfaithfox.com. Fund.com. That's the best place to, in the, it's got all my contact information on there. So yeah. if you go to my website, uh, you can check that out. I have a very basic website. It's very simple, uh, but my contact information is on there. Yeah. So yeah, love Good to hear from you. Faithfund.com. And Yuri, how can they find us? Well, in the meantime, we are on the Facebook at Take Action Podcast with Monty and Yura. Instagram, it's one of our greatest tools as well at Take Action Podcast MY. We are on the Twitter as well at Take Action Pod MY. And you can find any of our podcast episodes on any major platforms. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, blah, 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 blah. Anywhere you want. You you guys open that magic search box called Google A and just type in Take Action Podcast with Monty and Yura. You don't have to scroll through pages, so it's going to make your life a lot easier. We are within first page. All of our results, we have pretty unique name. So you can find us right there. In the meantime, I wanted to give a quick shout out to my Canadian friends. We met on vacation. Jake and Sherry finally broke our Canadian listeners. So we're up to eight yeah. downloads from Canada. So even Canadians need to take action. So thank you guys. <laughs> thank you for giving us a try. And hopefully we'll get good episodes coming for you. And hopefully you'll keep listening. Yeah, and hopefully what we're trying to get now is some feedback as to what our listeners would like to hear. So we can start arranging guests and different, you know, different people from different walks of life. We have a ton of people that are amazing in, in our area that we can call on. Uh, we could also figure out that's our next step is maybe to do some phone 
podcast with where we can expand our reach and our our people so people don't like tony don't have to drive a half an hour to come to the studio and also email us take action podcast my at gmail.com and that'll wrap it up so again tony thanks so much for coming on today thanks guys appreciate it boom